0: welcome you, and uh, we're, glad, we're glad to be uh, tuned in with you guys today. We're doing a series uh, called This Is Us, and it's about relationships. And um, the funny thing about relationships is we all need relationships. We all uh, feed on relationships. The way we were made is as relational beings so you think of it we if we're a car relationship is the fuel that we run on and so we we need relationship um, but is this also true relationships can be so frustrating right no it's so, it's so they're so wonderful, and they can be so frustrating. And it's it's that other person, isn't it? I mean, if everybody was, you know, okay, uh, it's 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 they'd be great if everyone would just cooperate with you. So relationships, and so we started the series talking about that. You know, there's so much beauty in relationship, and then we struggle with the brokenness. We struggle with the. Um, and, and so this is what it's, it's about. And today, I want to focus on um, communication. Because really, the, the, the glue of any relationship is communication. You're saying something to one person or another. Now, relationships are a part of all aspects of our life. Think about it. Relationships are key at work. Very few of us, very few of us, have jobs that have no need for relationship. In other words, how we interplay with other people affects our work, right? Boss, co-worker, people that work, quote, for you, um, people that work beside you. Um, If these are going good, your job has a much better uh, opportunity to go well, and sometimes if even if your job is good and that you 're making money, but your relationships are strained you don 't enjoy your work at home well we don 't need to talk about that i mean right <laughs> there there are so many. Uh, Instances where we know, you know, everything else in your life can be going right and if those relationships aren't happy and aren't thriving and aren't life-giving Then we struggle. So every aspect of our life we need to develop good good working relationships and the key is communication and how do we communicate well with each other and uh, so, because we took our title from this, this uh, TV series, we want to show you a little clip um, to get started today. Um, this is us. I can't stop thinking about the one we lost, Jack. I can't. I know. I know we have these new babies, and I should be happy, but I just can't stop thinking Me, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, all I think about. You know, I feel... I feel guilty when I think about him, and, and then, you know, I, I feel guilty when I stop thinking about him. Me, too. I thought it was just me. <laughs> no, it's me, too. So what a great scene about you know, opening up and being honest about how we really feel about something. And so I want to focus on honest uh, communication and how that, that opens the door for relationship. And um, let's just start with one thing just to think about. Um, have any of you ever gone for a long time in a relationship and you've had expectations that you didn't? ever verbalized. You never communicated to somebody. You had them and they built and they built and they built and they built. And then you were somewhere. And finally you just blew them all out in one particular instance. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? All right. Isn't it human nature that we bring into We bring into our relationship expectations. You have expectations for your boss. You do right? You just, you expect, sir, I I expect this. I expect to be communicated this way. I expect this. We have expectations for our family members. We have expectations for our in-laws. We have expectations for our loved ones. We have expectations for our family members. And when we have these expectations, um, one of the things that we do is in order to be polite, anybody like me, how many polite people do we have? I mean, I think I'm rel- relatively, I would say I'm a relatively polite person. Anybody? How many are like not? I just go and just let people know. I, there's a few of you. We know who you are, actually. Uh, but you, So you, you go polite to a fault. Anybody do this? I think this is something that I do. Uh, so you're polite, polite, polite. I never put it out there. I never say what I really want or what I really think. And then it starts to eat away at me. Just me. It builds up and it builds up and it builds up, and then you get you get a point and you're like i can't take it anymore. Expectations are what we bring in, and the the wise in relationship is now i i 'm going to open up and i 'm going to express what I think, but here 's the thing: whenever you do that, there's a risk, right. There's a risk. And so we, sometimes we don't want to do this. We don't want to share this. We don't want to open up about this. And if we're going to have good relationships, you've got to get the communication flowing freely. Let's say it again. You've got to get it flowing what? Freely. You ever been in a relationship at work and you know someone's holding back? They're holding out. They're sitting on something and you know it's there. Sometimes maybe you're too busy to really ask and to find out, but when the communication's not flowing freely, then the relationship kind of hits a sort of like a bottleneck. Now I'm going to go through a couple of scriptures. Um, but before I do, I want to tell you a story. I was talking with a friend of mine. He's a pastor yesterday, actually. And, uh, we were telling stories and, uh, I'm, I'm like trying to help him with you know his church and the, you know the, he started his own church and so they're a few years behind where we are and so every once in a while I'll do this with different pastors or friends and you know he's asking questions and he's and so here's the thing um, he he was like they're not getting it that means you guys right <laughs> <laughs> they're not getting it right and I'm like well what aren't they getting and he's like. They just don't get it. They don't get what it takes. Think about this. They don't get what it takes to be a pastor or to run a church or to have a church. They just come. They come whenever they want to come. They don't come when they don't want to come. And he was like, they don't. And, and he was, you know, he's, he's he's young. He's frustrated, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. They don't care about your schedule. They care about their schedule. Not this church, but I mean, in churches in general. And, or Freedom Life Center for that matter, right? So, it, but what I, was trying, what I was trying to tell him is I said, you know what? They probably care more than you think. This was trying to give him some experience. But you have to communicate to them what you need. And then I was telling him about a pastor that I learned from. And this pastor, they were struggling. And, you know, and it was kind of like an Orchard Grove thing where, you know, like if you're part of Orchard Grove, you know, I always go, church is free. Cause why do I say it? Well, I say it for a couple of reasons. One is because I, my position, what I deal with is mostly people that are hurting. Not always. But if you looked at my calendar or my schedule and people come to see me, they're usually hurting. You know, just think about it. I mean, they don't come in and go, hey, I just want to stop and tell you I got a promotion and I made double bonus this year. (laughs) They just don't. I know you're out there and I'm happy for you, but that's not the meetings that I get. The meetings that I get are what? My life's falling apart. My family's falling apart. I lost my job. I I get the people that are under massive amounts of pressure. So as a pastor, one of the things I don't want to do is what? add more burden, add, how many know what I'm talking about? You get the spirit of what I'm saying? So I say things like this all the time. Well, so there's a church, I was learning from this other pastor, and they had a similar type of church where, you know, they were were trying to be this way, but the pressure was mounting because what's the truth? It's not free, right? DTE doesn't send you a bill and go, oh, church, free. (laughs) You you have to pay all the bills, right? So you live in this, this is, uh, you live in this in-between place. And so he said one Sunday morning, he just erupted. And, and like the whole church was just like. Because <laughs> said I'd built and built and built, right? And he just finally unloaded. And that, that, the, all these people are coming, why did you just tell us? He was like, oh, I should have just told them. But isn't it true in relationships, sometimes we let things build and build and build. And then we finally, what do we do? We, we erupt communicating is just sharing as you go. So I was telling this story to to my friend. I said, you know, when when the church started, um, this guy came to me and uh, he needed some help with with his rent. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, I sat down and listened to him and we didn't have a big team like we have now. We have people that work with people who are in need financially and all that. So I took almost all the calls myself and, I'm talking to this guy, and I said, I said so wh- tell me what's, what happened. And he was telling me, you know, he didn't have money for his rent. And I said, okay, well, um, I said, well, do you uh, tell me about your bills? What, what do you got going on? And he started going through this and that and telling me his story. And then I found out that he, he had a gym membership, and uh, he had all these other kinds of things, that he was doing that, now, this is when I, when we started Orchard Grove, I didn't get paid and I was giving money to the church and, and I didn't get paid. And so my, my blood pressure started to go up a little bit. Right. And like, I, I couldn't, I definitely couldn't afford to go to the gym. You know, like I'm like a run around the block. And so I finally, I finally said to the guy, I go, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, you want me to pay for your gym membership? He goes, oh no, no, no. I'm gonna pay for the gym membership. I want you to pay for my rent, <laughs> you know? And I go, uh, no, uh, how many know it's not gonna happen, right? The Honest communication. When you're, when you're in this state, when you're in this stage of relationship, you need the communication to flow. It to flow. It needs to come freely, um, but let me say this as as we're going to talk, and I'm going to go through some scripture. Some people pride themselves on "I'm a tell it like it is" kind of person, right? And I want to just throw a little caution. I want to just drift a little caution over your way as well, right? Because it, it, there there's no need or health in everybody just going around and quote telling it like it is. Um, let Let me start with John 16. And Jesus is talking to the disciples, and things are going to change in their relationship. And he says this. He goes, there's so much more that I want to say to you. Ready? But you aren't yet ready. This is important. You aren't ready to hear it. Think about this. People that do good in relationships. People that do good in communication. And we all have work to do. Anybody? Like how many? We all have work to do. But people who do well, they recognize it's not just about what I have to say. It's about what this person can hear or what they can receive. How many parents ever hold back from telling your kids everything? Oh Yeah. Freedom Life Center? Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're communicating to somebody, you don't just tell them the truth. I just tell the truth. I just... No. No, you don't do that. You, 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 you look at the person you're talking to and you think, what can they handle right now? Because love in a, in a relationship, love is about communicating as much as a person can handle. In, in Ephesians, Paul said it this way. Paul said, um, I have, I have um, that we shouldn't let words come out of our mouth that tear people down, but words that build people up, right? So in Ephesians, Paul says, use words that are suitable for the occasion that you are speaking. There are times when you just need to say nothing at all. There's just times you just, there's nothing to say. I don't need to say anything right now. Paul was telling us that your words should be a benefit or a blessing. And if they're not, we should, what? Hold them back. Now, I love what it says in James. James said, you know, if, if a person's never at fault in what they say, they're a perfect human being. I like that. In other words, if you never say anything offensive or wrong, you're perfect. In other words, this is, this is a tough thing to manage. Anybody with me here? This thing can get you in trouble. <clears throat> but what, he, what he's saying here is think of your words. Think of the things that you're saying as they are these life-giving tools. And in Proverbs, it says this. Words, ready, have the power of life. And death. Words have the power of life and death. This is huge. Some of you that just go around just popping off here and there and say, it doesn't matter, it's just a word, it's just something that I said. Oh no, my friends. Because if you've ever been on the receiving end of somebody else's words, listen, everybody ever been on the receiving end, good and bad. You know this. It changes you. The other day I was at the mall. I pulled in and I got this truck. It's kind of long. So I tried to scoot it all the way in so I wouldn't be blocking the aisle, right? And I was just inching it. And I'm just like, ee ee, ee. And there was a truck on this side and he was a little bit on the line, a little bit over. And so I'm like, ah, oh, and there was nowhere else to park. So I'm just trying to do my best. I'm just trying to get right there. How many are with me? I'm like, ee, ee, ee. And then all of a sudden I went, Boom. Just tap. Not even boom. Tap. Tap, tap. All right? Like that. No boom. No boom. Just tap. Just, and, I, and I hit it, and I'm like, oh, darn it. And, and, and so I just kind of backed up a little bit. Sure enough, I look over, and the guy was walking to his car. He was three cars over. He was steaming. And I got out, and I said, hey, I'm sorry. And again, it was tap. Did I say that? It wasn't boom. It was tap, All right. And I got out, and I said, oh, man, I'm, I'm really sorry. He just laid into me. And his wife or whoever was with him. And he just, mother, this and this and this. And, and, and I said, i, I sorry. I said, I'm sorry. So let me back up and you can look. And I mean, there's right? <laughs> but I'm like, oh, let's look, you know. And, you know, I was putting on the concerned face. I mean, I was doing everything that I could. I mean, I'm eating dirt. I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry, like five times, you know. I said, you want my insurance? You want my, you know, you want to sue me? You want to lock me? I mean, what do you? He kept going. He just kept going and going and going. And then finally, because there was nothing there, he just got in his car and just tore. Now, I understand. I wouldn't want someone hitting my car necessarily either. I didn't do it on purpose, and I apologized up and down. But here's my point. I was all happy to go to the mall and meet somebody. And then after that verbal beat down, I just was like. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? I was just, I was so low. I'm like, oh, this Words have power. You can't forget that your words have power. And in the same token, if you've ever been in a situation where somebody called you in and built you up, And spoke words to you that were life-giving words. Think about it. They looked you in the eye and said some amazing things. By the way, in our culture, don't we need a lot more of this? Our culture can be too negative. Can I just say something that I think needs to be said? Because we live in a free speech society, and I get it, and I understand, I understand, all right? But because we do... People are legally, legally, and I guess they should be, in a legal sense, not in a moral sense, but in a legal sense to say whatever they want to say about whoever they want to say in whatever manner they want to say. But it is toxic and and debilitating for us, listen, to live in a culture where it's negative, 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 negative. Your soul feeds on words and you know this to be true you know the opposite to be true that when someone pulls you aside and just says some encouraging words to you it lifts you up it makes you stand taller it makes you more open to other people it it changes everything if there's one thing I could say about building up our relationships, it would be this. Let's make sure that we're always giving life-giving words. In the tongue, Proverbs, has the power of life and death. Poison or fruit? Think about this. So Jesus goes on to talk about our words. And he says, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. So, if you've ever been there, you say, oh boy, I've said some things. And my hand's up, okay? I'll put them both up just to make everyone comfortable. Uh, I've said, you know, we say things and we get going. And, and, and when you think, man, what, what could I do to, to improve this? So that there's more life-giving, there's more healing, and more helpful, as Paul wrote about in Ephesians, more helpful words. Well, it's not just trying to correct yourself, although I think that that's good, right? What we have to do is we have to go down a layer into the level of the heart because the words are just spillage of what is going on. Are you with me? What's going on in here? jesus said the overflow of the heart you say okay so what what do i how do i feel my heart how do i know how do i get my heart so that it's full of the right stuff here's the funny thing good words listening to good words hearing good words some listen some people grew up and all they heard were negative things negative things about them. It could have been a a really unfortunate parenting situation. It could have been a neighborhood. It could have been the work environment. It could have been a combination. And they heard negative, negative, negative. And this little tank got filled up with the wrong stuff. Are you with what, what I'm saying? It just gets filled up. This tank gets filled up. And then after a while, when it's full, it spills out. So the way that you would... Refill this tank, the way that you would refuel it is you have to take in good words. You have to listen to good words. You might have to say them to yourself, but you start to fill in the good in your heart. Now, everybody has an opportunity, everybody has an opportunity to pour good stuff in and to filter out the bad. I'm not saying that maybe you have to go to a work environment where things are difficult or maybe you have certain family environments that are perhaps a little bit toxic or whatever. But listen, you get to choose. You get to decide what's getting filtered into the tank. When When I was in high school... My first car was a dune buggy. You had to know my dad, right? Um, you know, it was planes, trains, and automobiles with my dad, right? So why not a dune buggy, you know? So In other words, if you're going to get a first car, it's not going to be like a Ford Focus. It's going to be a dune buggy with a big pipe coming out the back and big fat tires. and, and Things like heat and things those are those are not necessary but it need to look and sound cool right and be a lot of fun so this was what i had when in high school i had a dune buggy and of course all my friends we loved it we'd pile in there in the winter it just had vinyl siding and no heat and we would just shiver and drive around and the gas gauge didn't work but we had a dune buggy right and because the gas gauge didn't work and because i was in high school and never had any money anybody remember these days you may remember the days when you go to the gas station and put in like a dollar. Anybody? And it wasn't paper, huh? It was. Anybody? Huh? Oh yeah. You know those days in high school. You're like, oh, yeah. maybe I got some change. You know, you're gathering, like, going in there, right? And you take a dollar eighteen. Take a dollar eighteen. And this is what we were always, and we were always running out of gas, always, right? And uh, I would always be running out of gas. And then, you know, of course, they didn't have cell phones. And so you're like walking to someone's house and try to call somebody, collect. And, and I feel like I grew up in the dinosaur era in that way. But uh, we always ran out of gas in the dune buggy, right? And so one time one of my friends was like, oh, I got gas in my house. I got gas in my house. Well, he goes and he gets some gas Something that had been sitting in the back of his shed and rain had been getting in it for the last two or three years, you know, whatever. And it poured in there and that thing never ran right after that. My dad was pretty good at fixing things and we just ruined, right? You put the wrong stuff, what, in the tank. Listen, if life is about relationships and communication is the key to relationships and the storage tank is what is determinative of what we communicate, then think about it. It all comes back to what are you putting inside of here? What are you listening to? That particular friend, I should have known not to trust his gasoline. (laughs) How many know you shouldn't trust from some sources? Paul wrote in his letter to the church in Philippi, whatever is good, think about this. Whatever is good, whatever is praiseworthy, right? Whatever is noble, whatever is virtuous, think about these things. If you open your mind to what is good, it'll be a funnel to your soul. And guess what? You won't even have to just work. Anybody like, I got to work at not saying that. I got to work at not. But what if it just takes over? Because all that's inside the storage is good, and so you can be in any situation, and it just the good just spills out. Wouldn't that be a good place for us to be? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The key, actually, is to fill our tanks well. To fill them with the good stuff. To have the discipline, listen, the discipline to step away from what is toxic to you. Sometimes we allow ourselves to get sucked into toxic things. People that are toxic, conversations that are toxic. And we think, well, it's not going to affect me. No, it does affect you. It gets into you. It seeps. Take the filter and only allow... What is healthy and praiseworthy, right? And beneficial and helpful. And then when we get into conversations with people, the good will spill out.